This is The Eagle's View, a podcast of Flushing Christian School. Children are valuable, and Christian parents are responsible to raise them to honor Christ. But parenting is a challenge in today's society, especially for those of us living in an urban setting. So, one of our goals as a school is to support you in your efforts as a Christian parent. Let's consider life together from The Eagle's View. And greetings. Welcome to this inaugural episode of The Eagle's View, a podcast from Flushing Christian School. I'm Andrew Snavely, the development coordinator here at the school, and I'm glad to be joined by Miss Chantel Nelson, our head of school. Uh, Miss Nelson, thanks for joining us for this, this first episode today. It's great to be here. Thank you for asking me. Um, and I suppose this is definitely a collaboration. Uh, a goal of ours for this podcast is several goals. One would be to um, really support the, the broader community of Christian parents here in New York City. And another goal that we have is to really feature the different aspects of Flushing Christian School that may not be as well known, give people a chance to share their stories. And so that's kind of the nature of, of this first episode. I want to give Miss Nelson the mic, both figuratively and literally speaking. So Miss Nelson, maybe you can just share some of your story and what, what brought you to FCS and then even up to your position now as head of school. Sure. How much time do we have? <laughs> <laughs> Well, my story is I love children. I love teaching. Um, I started out teaching, interestingly enough, after I got saved. I got saved at 14 years old. Hmm. And one day I was sitting in church and the pastor said the Sunday school teacher needed an assistant, a helper. And I was 16 at that time. And I was like, oh, am I too young to be a teacher's helper? He's like, no, go ahead, you know, um, join in and help out. And so I did join that teacher. Now, what I wasn't told was that she was actually going to be leaving the church. She and her husband were part of another ministry, and he was going to start his own church in a year. No one told me that. So I was assisting her for about a year, and then she's like, okay, great you know, take it over, <laughs> I'm leaving. So that was interesting, but it was a wonderful experience. I found that I loved teaching and I, I loved teaching the Bible. That was my favorite thing to do. However, that was in high school. That was in high school. Wow. I was in high school and I didn't really think that was gonna be my career. I just thought this was something that I loved to mm. do. Um, I love teaching the Bible. I love interacting with kids. I've always loved interacting with kids, whether it was babysitting, whatever. And that was your church here in Queens? That is my church here in Queens. I've been going to Faith Baptist Church in Corona, Queens. Shout out. Since, yeah. yeah <laughs> since I got saved, you know, that was the church the Lord brought me to hmm. um, through the witness of my older brother. And yeah, I've been there ever since. And so I'm not going to tell you how long I've been there. So I already told you I was saved at 14. Well, not to do that. <laughs> <laughs> no math. Um, so, so yeah, so that's exactly when I started teaching. But it wasn't until, fast forward a few years, I was in college. I was studying abroad in France, actually, for the last semester of my mm. senior year. And as part of that study, we had to teach ESL for a couple of periods to, you know, some French kids. Um, so I did that 
And that's when teaching as a profession, that's when I really got that bug. Um, teaching English to those kids and just seeing them learn English, seeing them get concepts, seeing their eyes light up. We mm. just had a lot of fun in that classroom. And again, I didn't have any for formal training, but we were observed at one point and my French professor said to me, wow, you're really good. Like, how did you get, there was one particular child in my class who was known as the, you know, the naughty mischievous child that no one was able to control. And I didn't even know that he was a naughty mischievous child that no one was able to control. He was always fine in my class. And he was just like, how did you get him to sit still? How did you get him engaged? And I was like, I don't even know what you're talking about. So that was really when teaching as a profession kind of became a bug in my ear. And yeah. from there, I know you were, you had started by teaching in the public school. How long yes. had you been in that kind of a setting before coming over to FCS? I was teaching in the public school for 12 years, right? And I really thought I was going to stay in the public school system. Hmm. 10 years into teaching into the public school, the Lord gave me an opportunity to go on a missions trip to Chad, Africa. Hmm. I was with a missionary for six weeks there, hmm. working with her, and that's when... I just felt longing, like I knew I always wanted to continue teaching, but I felt like I'm not doing enough for his kingdom. Hmm. And hmm. so I knew that from then on, God just put a passion in my heart, like, I'm going to change you. There's going to be a change in your life. I just didn't exactly know what that change was. Hmm. And so I just prayed on it. And it was two years of praying when Flushing Christian School and opening opened up. It was um, given to my email. I had kind of registered for some uh, Christian email job search. And um, Flushing Christian School popped up, and I'm like, I live in Flushing. <laughs> I didn't even know there was a Christian school in Flushing. So <laughs> I was like, where is this school? So I looked it up. I applied. And, yeah, that's when I started. So it was 12 years in the public school system, hmm. and then I came here. And it's been neat to hear you think about the, the contrast between the two settings, what mm -hmm. it was like in more of a secular environment there in public school versus here in it, a very mm -hmm. explicitly Christian school. Mm -hmm. I mean, what, what was that experience like? It was a culture shock. You know, being a Christian, hmm. teaching in a Christian school, and having a culture shock is very strange. But it was a culture shock because the thing um, that I learned teaching in public school, it's not like pedagogy was a culture shock. It was more of the environment. Um, I always say when I, when I first came to the school, you know, I first walked into the doors and right away the presence of the Lord was very clear. Mm -hmm. You know, I walked in and I said, wow, the Lord is in this place. This is different. This place is different. And there was no one here. Um, Mrs. Blatt, who was head of school at the time, who interviewed me, she graciously agreed to, to meet me much later. I was teaching in the Bronx, wow. so I had to travel from the Bronx after school to my interview with her. It was about 4.30 um, that she agreed for us to have this face-to-face -face interview. So I walk in and I'm greeted by the secretary, who at the time was um, Bernice Adams. And it's just like she exuded the Lord. Like I saw the Lord in her face. I saw it in her demeanor. And um, she ushered me up to Mrs. 
Vlad's office and she started with the words let's pray and I just almost lost it honestly I almost mm. started bawling at that point I knew this place is special this place is different and this mm. is where I want to be and I think that idea resonates with me as well because I remember the same experience walking in ironically enough I came in with my resume in hand and Mrs. Blatt happened to be at the front door and oh. so I asked her can you give this to Mrs. Blatt for me and she is her <laughs> But then the same experience in the interview, it's the let's pray after the interview. Let's pray about this. Mm -hmm. And um, we can recognize this, this is obviously starting at the head of school, a sense of being God conscious mm -hmm. and God loyal. Like our, our loyalty is to the word of God and to seeing kids raised in that environment. But it does trickle down and it affects all of our teachers as well. That trend from so many years ago is still the same. Now, what, what brought you to head of school? Oh, my goodness. Because you I didn't sign no up for that. Idea. I don't think anybody signed up for that. I have no idea what brought me to head of school. I still don't know. <laughs> I haven't figured that one out. Because I was an eternal teacher. I would always tell my students, you know, I know that there are schools in heaven because I'm going to be teaching. <laughs> and, you know, I don't know if you guys will be my students, but I'm going to have students. And that's what I'm going to be doing for the rest of my life through eternity. Mm. I, I love teaching. And so I never really had administrative aspirations. You know, people would sometimes come to me, wow, you've been teaching for so long, you know, when are you going to be whatever, you know? And But I was like, I had no desire for that. I just really wanted to stay teaching children. Um, after the pandemic happened, the pandemic hit in the spring of 2020, which is seared in everyone's brains. Mm -hmm. um, so that summer, as I was, you know, preparing to teach fifth grade again, like I, I was the year before, I was approached by the Board of Trustees on whether I would consider being Karen's assistant. And at first I was like, wow, no, thank you. <laughs> that was, that's an honor. Thanks for asking. But no. And I, I really thought no. But I always know that my life is in the Lord's hand, so I, I don't make any decisions life decisions you know on my own so so i definitely said you know i'll pray about it uh, you know but i honestly thought like no that's not what the lord had for me but as the weeks went by when i committed it to prayer i really sensed of the lord that that is actually what he wanted me mm -hmm. to do he wanted me to assist karen and so that's what i did i went back to them and said actually <laughs> the lord showed me that that's really what he wants me to do. He wants me to be her assistant. So I did assist Karen for um, a year. But during that time, she also announced her retirement. <laughs> no <laughs> so, pressure, right? I know. And I was just like, was it something I said? I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so um, and at that time, I still, you know, I was new in the administrative role, so I wasn't 100% sure if that's really what the Lord wanted me to do, was to assume the um, head of school role. I thought I might just be assisting somebody else that the board had found. Hmm. But again, the Lord pressed that upon my heart for me to put in my application in, you know. Um, hmm. And I didn't know if I was putting it in just as a trial, just as a test, you know, something for me to look forward to in the future. But apparently he wanted me to put my resume in <laughs> so that I could um, replace Karen when she retired. So and that's I how I'm here. <laughs> 
I remember that whole process because they announced her retirement and they announced a broad search. I remember like an international search, really. There was no limitations mm -hmm. on where they were going to be, right. um, you know, seeking God's next appointment person mm -hmm. to be appointed here. Uh, but then to find out that the person who was going to be the head of school was already on site. Mm -hmm. And uh, even to have another assistant head of school come in behind you and Mrs. Angelica right. Jean-Pierre, right. I'm sure we'll meet her in a future episode as well. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, oh, we recognize the Lord's hand. Oh, yeah, we have to. I'm afraid <laughs> she is, uh, her fingerprints are all over the school as much as anybody else's. But mm -hmm. we, uh, I think as a staff, it was so encouraging for us to see God's hand along the way mm -hmm. and for us to give a full 100% vote of confidence and support and seeing God really raise up raise you up in this position. Um, and, and it's fascinating, too, to think about just where Flushing Christian School is in history. So those who may not know, our school was founded in 1950. Mm -hmm. So we're recording this right. in March of 23, that's 73 years later. Mm -hmm. But we're not done yet, right? So yeah. you're coming in, you don't have 73 years experience. You have a lot of ideas about the future. Why don't you just share just briefly what your vision is and what you believe God has for our school looking ahead? And I would have to say that that is one of the things I love about this school is that it is God-centered. It is God-led. And so even though I'm here at the head, I know God is really the de facto head and he's mm -hmm. the one who established the school back in 1950. Mm -hmm. It was through the vision of three pastors, three area pastors who got together realized that they needed to start a Christian school for their own children who were attending public school and coming back home with certain ideologies that didn't match the Bible back in 1950, you know, <laughs> and here we are today. The Lord has kept us strong for 73 years because what we're doing is really important. Mm. So that is my vision of the future. I want us to keep doing what we're doing, but I want us to expand. I, I tell everyone, every child should come to our school. I really believe that. I, I love what we do. Everyone here is invested in our mission, which is to educate the next generation so that they can reach out to their peers, you know, with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we want to equip our young people spiritually and academically so that they can go into all spheres of life with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Everyone needs mm. to know the Lord. Mm. Every child needs to know that they're created by a God who loves them. And I really want everyone in this school. And <laughs> we are kindergarten to eighth grade. I want to expand to, to high school. I, I want to support our, our students through their teen years because the teen years are tough, you know. I'm, I'm glad that we're able to support them through the middle school because middle school is a, is, art, is a tough age. But... Um, but through their teen years, yeah, I just want to see us expand and grow. And it's just a heart to support our, our, our students mm -hmm. um, along the way to see them really strengthen their faith right. and be courageous and gracious in sharing mm -hmm. their faith and defending it mm -hmm. and living it out and whatever walks of life God puts them in. And I know also right. our burden uh, is to support the parents in their role because yep. We're convinced from Scripture the parents are primarily responsible to raise mm -hmm. their kids, and so our role is a, a very meaningful and helpful supplement mm -hmm. for a few years of time. And I suppose that's really the purpose of this podcast, to support the parents. I doubt right. a six-year-old is going to say, oh, let me just listen to a podcast for fun. Mm -hmm. There are chances more parents are listening to this than kids mm -hmm. are, but that's our, our heartbeat to help the parents as well. And um, 
you know, continue to, to give them direction and resources. Maybe just as we finish up our conversation today, if mm -hmm. you could give one idea, what, what would be some resources that we have found helpful as a school? Well, definitely our Bible curriculum is probably on the top of that list. We recently discovered the Deep Roots Bible curriculum. It currently goes from kindergarten through sixth grade, and it teaches the children inductive Bible study, that they are reading the Bible, getting out of the Bible the meaning, as, as opposed to putting in their own meaning into what they read in Scripture. Mm. So that is really important. It's important for our children to know the Word of God well. If you know the Word of God well, then you're able to spot falsehoods and heresies, which you know float around in our day when you really know what God's Word says. So we love Deep Roots. We found it to be effective. We found our students are getting good doctrine. They're not just getting Bible stories, but actually good doctrine for them to grow and to learn. And we found parents have reached out to us and said that the Deep Roots Bible curriculum that we've been using have helped their children. Like their children have grown not only in their Bible knowledge, but their relationship with the Lord and knowing how to conduct their own Bible study, which I think is very important. Hmm. So yeah, emphasis on the Bible is the textbook of our Bible class, Correct. right? And mm -hmm. the inductive study, we're discovering what God has said, mm -hmm. learning more about Him. I've, I've also appreciated the emphasis on apologetics, Correct. how they show how the Bible does match history mm -hmm. and true science. and mm -hmm. And so even from a young age, helping our kids make sense of different worldviews and being confident that the scripture is true, what God has mm. revealed about reality mm. is, is real and it is true. And so, and also, I know they also put an emphasis on practical application, living right. out Christ-likeness and kindness mm -hmm. and, and Christian virtues. Um, yeah, we probably couldn't speak enough about Deep Roots and they have to save yeah. that for another episode, but... Okay, well, well, thank you, Ms. Sure. Nelson, for joining us, and uh, we hope this can be an encouragement to each parent listening, and um, we continue to pray that God uses this school and um, encourages each of you where you are that you would raise your kids to love and fear Him uh, so that they can make a difference for His kingdom. Thanks again, Ms. Nelson. You're welcome. You've been listening to The Eagle's View from Flushing Christian School. You can learn more about us by visiting flushingchristianschool.org.